eight in ten Australians is a member of at least one cooperative or mutually owned organisation. Of those eight in ten Australians that are members of at least one of these organisations, only three in ten know what a cooperative or mutual is. Because so many of the services that these organisations provide are essential services like banking, superannuation, roadside assistance, many of the goods and products that we buy at the supermarket are produced by agricultural cooperatives, for example. It's very easy then to see that we do interact with these businesses. Welcome to episode 144 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Cooperatives and mutuals is a business model that not all people understand, even some of those people who are actually members of one. In this model, customers earn their right to influence organisational decisions to deliver long-term benefits for the members. It's a model that is becoming increasingly popular along with the rise of social enterprises. The Business Council of Cooperatives and Mutuals is an organisation that promotes and represents the business model of cooperative and mutual enterprise. Eight in ten Australians are involved or are customers of a cooperative or mutual and Melina Morrison, the CEO of BCCM, is agitating legislators and regulators to raise awareness of the value of this business model. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Melina explains how the model benefits consumers and our economy. She shares stories of communities who are uniting and through mutuals and co-ops are increasing the accessibility of renewables, health services, housing and many other significant functions. This is Melina's version of Be The Drop. Are you considering starting your own podcast? At Narrative Marketing, we deliver a full range of podcast production options. Or if you'd like help getting started to produce your own content, I also deliver podcast training programs. Hit the link in the show notes to find out more. Melina, thank you so much for joining me on our next episode of Be The Drop. It's a great pleasure, Amelia. Now, you've got your item of significance here, and that's Mm. something that gives us a little bit of background context about who you are and what you do. I do indeed. I have this magnificent solid gold pin of our logo for the organisation that I'm very proud to be the CEO of, which is called the Business Council of Cooperatives and Mutuals. The pin is simply these examples of human beings with their arms interlinked. Really what it's supposed to signify is that we are stronger together. And not many of us actually know or think about cooperatives when we think of business, for example. They are businesses like any other business, but they are owned by their members rather than owned by shareholders. So what that means is that they are able to bring a whole lot of people together to use money, capital, to do something together. We call them the ninja economy because they're hiding in plain sight. 
An example in Adelaide, for instance, or South Australia, is the RAA, or People's Choice Credit Union, or Beyond Bank. So they're really, you know, quite profitable, sustainable businesses. But what they choose to do with that profit is reinvest it for one purpose only, and that's to create, protect, and return benefit to members. So that's why credit unions and building societies and customer-owned banks often have the highest customer satisfaction ratings because they're really just focused on their owners who are also their customers. At this time of huge distrust in business, particularly after uh, inquiries like the Banking Royal Commission, people are looking for a business that is genuinely focused on me, the customer. What's amazing is that they don't need to look very far. It's just that we need to try and discover what has been a really important way of doing business for as long as all of the other forms of business. In fact, we've always cooperated as human beings. The modern form of the cooperative has been around. The first one was formed in Rochdale in the UK in about 1844. So they've been around for a long time. So then as an organisation that's promoting this style of business, how do you go about that education piece to get people to understand what this model is? It's quite a big challenge because this is a systemic lack of awareness. Our main aim and our focus for the last few years has been on trying to get our political representatives to understand that this business model is a really important part of the economy and deserves to be treated equally. By the way, 8 in 10 Australians is a member of at least one cooperative or mutually owned organisation. But because so many of the services that these organisations provide are essential services like banking, superannuation, roadside assistance, many of the goods that we buy at the supermarket are produced by agricultural cooperatives. So politicians aside, we've also got another really big problem and that is that accountants, lawyers, economists, people studying business and commerce – None of these important professionals are being educated about what cooperatives or mutuals are. So the business model is literally missing from the curriculum. We have been agitating as a sector to try and solve that problem. Mm. The strategies that underlie really moving public awareness is a much more complicated thing than just simply saying what we are. So all businesses or many businesses do actually talk about being a member. This has become one of those very sort of watered down or grey terms. In a cooperative or mutual, member has a very important significance. Your membership actually has a set of associated rights that give you part ownership in the organisation, which is expressed not in the way we think of holding shares in a company. It's expressed in terms of your democratic right to participate in important decisions that are made if you choose to. When you join a credit union, for example, you become a member. That also gives you a right to vote in elections or to participate in the decision-making of the organisation. When I become a member of a store, club, an airline that I travel with, it's a loyalty card, but I'm not participating in the business and the business is still focused on making a profit, ultimately for shareholders, which sometimes can end up with the customer's interest, not paramount. So then along this journey for you, 
Maybe you can share a story of, you know, an experience for you that really stands out, maybe how people understand co-ops or, you know, a sort of challenge that you've experienced along the way. Is there something that comes to mind? When I started in this business of cooperatives, I was working for this global body and we were looking at exposing a lot of stories about where cooperatives were helping people who were the most marginalised and dispossessed communities on the planet who were really unable to have any economic participation. An example I can give is that in India, women in these very, very underprivileged communities came together in a cooperative with the scarcest resources. And because they were cooperating, they were able to form micro enterprises and incrementally bring themselves out of that poverty situation by sharing their resources. It's different to charity. It has this other element, which I call solidarity, because there are seven principles of cooperatives that cooperatives around the globe, including in Australia, ascribe to. The first is democratic open membership. So anyone can be a member if they agree to the membership test, if you like. And the second principle is economic participation. You are going to engage with this organisation. You're going to buy something from it or give something to it in order to receive the benefit back. In Australia, there are some amazing examples that really got me on the road to understanding this as a business model that can work here. In the ACT, historically, they've had one of the lowest levels of bulk billing. About 10 years ago, a bunch of people got together, parents who had children with some chronic illnesses like asthma. They weren't doctors. They were parents trying to deal with the fact that if they needed to see a doctor, they'd have to take their kids or themselves to the local hospital. Now that puts a burden on the taxpayer because Mm. it's emergency care. So instead of just accepting that situation, they decided as a community group that they would try and set up their own GP clinic, which they did. They started with two doctors, one clinic in West Belconnen in in an old um, high school. Ten years later, they now have 80,000 customer owners. They have nine clinics and they have just opened a super clinic on the grounds of the ANU, the Australian National University. So that's really shown to me personally that this model can scale. The National Health Cooperative, it definitely describes itself as a not-for-profit. It is different to a traditional not-for-profit because of the principles of cooperatives. In order to get the right to participate in the cooperative, first of all, I've got to buy my membership. They have an annual membership charge. It's very, very low, but it's still an exchange. It's a proper sort of commercial exchange. And if I'm going to get these great services, I have to use this cooperative. So I have to participate. And it's that participation, which we call economic participation, which is like an, an engine for the commercial part of the business, mm. that we're all accountable for the success of the organisation. A mutual idea is embedded in a lot of the ways that we actually do a lot of things, like give, give each other insurance. If we all put the money in, then if I'm the one who suffers in some terrible event in my life, then I'll be able to rely that other people have pulled risk and I'll be able to get a payout. Mm. And, but, and why is that? What do you think there's this re- renewed interest in coming back? 
where markets fail and it, and where people can actually find the business model, um, they will start cooperatives as one of the ways that they're addressing that market failure. So a classic area we're seeing at the moment is around disability care. There's been a great transformation with the NDIS. People have their own budget. What they're finding now is that that's not necessarily a guarantee in all cases that you'll be able to get the care that you want. So one of the things that we're seeing at the moment in that particular area, social care, disability care, also aged care, is that people are exploring new models, new ways of working together to actually get what they want from from this market. One way that this is being expressed is through consumer-owned disability cooperatives where people pull their disability budgets so that they're able to create a larger market for themselves. They can become the enterprise that buys in the the services that they need. Mm. It's happening in uh, disability housing in the same way where Parents are coming together to house their children, their adult children, but in a way that allows them to directly use their their disability budget to not only pay for the housing, but also pay for the care, the services around the housing that they need for their children to live independently and in the most empowered way. Mm. And it's a, a, across so many different areas which is really fascinating. Renewable energy is another, mm. you know, rather than wanting community-owned energy, that's often what they come to, what they want is local energy solutions, green, localised, renewable, fitting to their own community needs. So one way that that's expressed is through a community-owned enterprise. There's a fantastic one that operates in Victoria called Hepburn Wind, where the whole township of Dalesford came together to form this wind farm business. First of all, they needed about $13 million to set the business up and buy the first turbine, which they had to raise. The first part of cooperatives is often this difficult part of raising the capital to start Mm. the business. But that's like any startup. Mm. And it produces energy, which is fed back into the grid and the amount of energy that's produced offsets the town's usage. Mm, what a great outcome. So, you know, for people that it ha- may have similar issues, you know, trying to com- communicate complex and, you know, detailed sort of levels of, of a new way of, well, it's not new, but an, a not mm. necessarily known way of doing business. What sort of advice would you give to people in the best way to help educate and communicate you know, something that people might not necessarily find straightforward to get their head around. What we say to our members, our members are cooperatives and mutuals that are in industries and sectors right across the economy that represent some of the most well-known brands to Australians. However, their business model isn't known to the, the same Australians. So what we say to those members is that we need to be talking with the same language because if we spread the language too broadly, we're not going to be able to deal with this problem of you know, mutual wash, which is that we just cannot get through. All of these organisations have their own brands and they are trying to create brand awareness and they should be able to do that. However, when we're talking about the business model, if we can refer to ourselves and the things that we do in more or less the same way, then we'll be able to get more collective understanding. Mm. The big key is cooperating to do it. And that's been a key part of the journey of the Business Council in the last 
four or five years. We're only six years old. Mm. So it's a very early part of the journey. And I think the greatest strength is this collective collective branding piece, if you like, that we're doing together. Mm. So in conclusion, because I generally ask guests to offer a be the drop tip, you know, which is something, you know, what could you do to collaboratively motivate and inspire people? So for you, is it really around that collective branding piece? It is around the collective branding piece, but I'd like to come back to something which I've re- has really appealed to me about your story and the way that you, you've approached talking to people about how they actually explain and market and make people aware of what they do, and that's storytelling. We have so many stories to tell. With 8 in 10 Australians, members of at least one cooperative or mutual, we have all of these advocates If we can engage our members in telling their story, then that's going to be the most powerful mechanism for handing the story along. And I think it's not necessarily what we think of a huge, big branded advertising campaign. It can also be individual to individual, organic, from the grassroots up, a bit like our own business model. So I really think the power is in us telling our stories authentically and allowing our members, our member owners, the chance to express their story and why, just simply saying why, why they're a member of this or that cooperative or mutual organisation is a really powerful thing. Mm, absolutely. That referral is going to you know, help build the trust, isn't it? Absolutely. So trust is all about how it's handed on from individual to individual. We need It's that emotional connection between people. It's very much about authenticity, who the teller is, who, who, the, who the storyteller is. We guesstimate something around 15 million members of cooperatives and mutuals in Australia. How could we unleash that? How could our members do the talking? Mm, and that's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. <laughs> All right. Well, thank Thanks. you so much for joining me, Melina. Thanks very much. It's been great to chat to you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.